Hey everyone, it's Raheel. It's been a busy week in H-Town, so let's break it all down. We have new crime statistics for 2023, plus we have two major hiring events that are positive economic signs for the city. Political contributor and Pulitzer Prize finalist Evan Mintz and culture contributor Antrichelle Dorsey join me to break it all down. It's Friday, May 5th. I'm Raheel Ramsnali, and here's what Houston's talking about. All right, a Cinco de Mayo Friday news roundup. That's what I'm talking about. Good morning, Evan. Good morning, Antrichelle. How are you doing, Evan? I'm doing great. Antrichelle, how are you? Ooh, I am good. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Cinco de Mayo. Yep, yep. It's going to be a good day. Before we jump into the news, I want to ask you about your favorite dessert because we had Sean the Food Sheep on earlier this week on CityCast Houston, giving us the most, you know, hidden gems for dessert spots. But I just want your favorite dessert. So let's start with you, Evan. What's your favorite dessert in the city of Houston? Might be be a little cliche, but I'm going to go with chocolate souffle at Tony's. Easy. I love mm-hmm. it. Just straightforward. Hey, that's fine. Answer show. How about you? I can't lie. Grand Lux chocolate chip cookies with pecans got me in a chokehold. They are made to order. They're hot. And don't forget the ice cream. Yes, you have to have these chocolate chip cookies with pecans a la mode, baby. You got to do it. All right. I like it. Mine is the Trace Leches cake at El Bolillo Bakery on Airline. Mm. Ooh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you pick up so much other good sweets over there. One of the best ponderias here. So, all right. Got a sweet tooth going. Now let's jump into the news. Andrew Show, what was your biggest story of the week? So the biggest story of the week for me is, ladies and gentlemen, Metro is hiring and they are pulling out all the stops. Metro is looking for operators to man their park and ride express bus services. Now, if you have not known, they have stopped their in-house services for Metro. They have had a contract with AFC Transportation and First Class Transportation. These two companies have provided bus operators um, when the transit system needed them. Now that's over, Metro is now looking for new bus drivers as well as new mechanics, and they are pulling out all the stops with incentives. Now, AFC Transportation and First Class Transportation have been using their own buses to transport our Houston Metro's park and ride users. And now they're looking to hire an abundance of drivers and mechanics. So if you're looking for a job, you need to go see Metro, baby. Oh, there you go. Metro don't trust you. You know what happens. So I like that. That's a good, <laughs> a higher, a more jobs, the better in the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, a job story as well that we'll get to in a second. So it's a good time to live in Houston. Any thoughts mm-hmm. on that, Evan? Now, I just always thought that the park and ride system in Metro is fascinating. You know, people complain that Houston doesn't have a commuter rail, but you're just looking at steel on steel. If you're looking at rubber on steel, if you're looking at these commuter buses, we have a pretty robust system and it's incredibly convenient. If you work downtown, it drops you off right there in front of your building. It's a hard system to replicate in other places, but it works really well. And hopefully it gets even more efficient, not only those, but also just the routes within the city with more operators, more Mm -hmm. mechanics. That means less buses breaking down. That's all good for the city of Houston. I like that one. All right. How about you, Evan? What was your biggest story of the week? 
The biggest story of the week is that we're in the middle of election season. For those who don't know, Saturday is election day for all of the May elections. That means school boards. That means West University City Council. It also means Fort Bend ISD bond. Now, usually these sorts of elections don't make big news. But for those who drive through WestU, you've probably seen a lot of yard signs. It's a pretty heated election for mayor between incumbent Susan Sample and challenger John Barnes. And out in Katy, the Katy school board election has turned into a heated partisan race between Republicans and other Republicans. The Houston Mm. Chronicle has had fascinating coverage of this, how an outside group called Texas for Educational Freedom, which wants to, quote, keep liberal politics out of the classroom, has been sending hit piece mailers to uh, voters' homes, accusing candidates of being far left or woke. But the candidates who are being attacked say, I'm a Republican. You know, this isn't me. This isn't who I am. So it's very weird and fascinating and a little disheartening to see these partisan politics end up on a board that shouldn't be partisan in the first place. For me, the Fort Bend bond election, we've talked about it on the Friday News Roundup before. This is an important one. I live out in Fort Bend County. So for all my suburban folks out here, uh, go out and vote, whether it's yay or nay, go vote and make sure you are part of that decision process. Because I don't want to hear people say, oh, wait, what? My taxes are going up. I don't want that. Well, you have the choice. So don't forget to vote. May 6th, Mm -hmm. a Saturday election. Okay. Saturday election. And I will say that the Houston Chronicle editorial board has endorsed the Fort Bend bond saying, yes, please vote for this $1.26 billion bond. You can't complain if you don't vote. Mm-mm. All right. My biggest story of the week, Evan, answer show. You're going to love this one. Crime is down in the city of Houston. Violent crime has decreased by 12% from January to April. So the first quarter, the numbers are in. Uh, Murders and homicides decreased in the first four months by 27%. Kidnapping fell by 19%. Human trafficking decreased by 23%. Aggravated assault dropped by 12%. And rape decreased by 6%. Uh, Across the board, the city's downward trend is better compared to last year in the same time frame. So crime overall is down in the city of Houston. But one thing to watch out for, well, rape and sexual assault cases are showing a troubling trend uh, because of people meeting through online dating sites. So there's going to be an educational process here, making sure that citizens are safe. They know what to watch out for. But overall, crime is down in the first quarter, Evan. I mean, that's always good news. But I will say it's hard to measure crime by city because it varies zip code by zip code, block by block. You can have some places where it's gone down, other places where it's gone up, and it all kind of averages out. And so listening to individual city council members talk about this, they'll point out the top line numbers are good, but in my district, it doesn't look as great Mm. as we want it to. And that's Mm. a problem. Also always worth keeping in mind that sometimes these stats lag, that you only see the big cases come in at the end. And also just overall as a country, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, we do a really bad job of tracking crime in an immediate, efficient way. And that's something that has to start, I think, at the very top with federal incentives for better data collection so that we can compare cities to cities, state to states to better understand what policies work and what don't. And so we can understand in real time, is crime going up or down so we can respond immediately rather than waiting for the end of the year or halfway through the year when we get these stats. Andrew Shell. 
Listen, I'm just going to take it back old school. Just go back to meeting people in the grocery store, okay? Because it seems this online dating is really getting us all in trouble. Just, you know, have your mama introduce you to somebody nice at church. They crazy, but at least, you know, they got a little Jesus in them, too. I will say I I met my wife uh, on an online dating app. It was J-Date, and it turned out that our families knew each other and we met several times in the past. But we met and got our first date online. That is so sweet. I met my first husband um, online. Oh. Amen. Okay, that's my, but he's my ex-husband now. Oh. So what that tell you? <laughs> so we're at, a 50, <laughs> we're at a 50% rate right now of it working out. Right. All right. So you can read the full report, by the way, in the show notes for our podcast, of course. Let's get to our most overlooked story of the week. Aunt Rochelle, what do you got? Guys, this story um, really disturbed me. Uh, This is a new report that came out from the pediatric vehicular heat stroke data. It is showing that more children have died in hot cars in Texas than any other state over the past two and a half decades. Now, the one thing that people may not notice that even on a mild day, the temperatures inside of a car can expose serious risk to young children because the size of their bodies and make them overheat quicker when it's supposed to heat. And even on a 70 degree day, the temperature inside a car can rise to 140 degrees Fahrenheit within 30 minutes, even if a window is cracked. We are getting ready for summer here in Houston. And although our spring game springing as it should, this story struck out uh, more to me because even if we don't have a squelching hot summer, these children still need to be protected and we have to be careful as parents to make sure we are keeping them out of these cars. These numbers were heartbreaking. 138 children have died in Texas and a total of 940 children have died across the United States. And that's been since 1998, guys. Oh my gosh, just heartbreaking. So let me ask you both How do you deal with it if you see somebody in a grocery store parking lot and there is a child in there? What do you do? Like, I've always thought about this. Like, what do you do? Do you immediately break the window? Do you go inside? Ask like, hey, who's who left their child in the car? What is your thought process? I'm going to put everyone on the spot here. Evan, you start. I think you got to go inside and ask, but there's been interesting coverage of this phenomena of people accidentally leaving their kids in the backseat of the car. A thing where you do the same routine every day and say one day you've got your kid with you when you don't normally and you just forget and it's depressing and it's tragic. But how do you deal with this? And the only tool we really have is the criminal justice system, which isn't necessarily the most effective tool in this moment. There are products you can buy out there to remind you to check your back seat, little alarms that go off. But also sometimes it's just little tricks. Put your wallet back there. Put your purse back there when you've got your kid in the car. So when you walk out, you know, oh, shoot, I've got to get this. You don't want to be that person who makes that tragic mistake just because you are in the zone of your daily routine. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh, Listen, even in the comments, someone said, if you remember your phone, you remember your child. And I don't know, maybe nobody's child is as talkative as mine, but I can never forget that he's there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But as a parent, as a mother now, I am concerned. I'm concerned about everybody's child because I feel like. Now that I'm a part of this sisterhood of motherhood, right, I'm always thinking about somebody else's child because I think if it was me, 
I don't know what I would do, Raheel. That's a great question. Um, I bordered the line of being overbearing, you know, like, who baby is this? <laughs> to like, can someone call? Can somebody, who's this, this, or do I hover? That's a great question. I don't know. That should be on the John Quijone show, What Would You Do? If you see that, right? Yeah. It's different levels. If you see a sleeping baby, what do you do? If you see a kid saying help, of course, if you see a child saying help, hey, we're yeah. going to do do something. But what do you do? Yeah. And, and you know, Evan, I, I'm glad you pointed it out. Not all incidents where kids are left are malicious incidents. They're not on purpose. Sometimes you forget. And again, um, Look, the first year of raising a baby is hard. You're sleep deprived. You make mistakes mm -hmm. and you forget and mm -hmm. it's not malicious. I've also experienced this where when I was younger, my parents, they have four kids. Our youngest sister was left on the back of a car and we forgot her because there's three other kids <laughs> making noise and annoying the parents and they get in the car and we literally left our youngest sister on the trunk of another car and luckily there were some good citizens who chased us down and were like hey you forgot your baby what oh are you guys doing gosh. and this is like within the first two years of moving to the united states true mm -hmm. story we still give our sister a lot of crap about that we're just teasing her we're like mom and dad tried to leave you but somehow you know what somebody found you all right evan what was your most overlooked story of the week the most overlooked story of the week hands down, was the fact that it was the Offshore Technology Conference. And I saw no coverage of this critically important event. I saw more coverage in the Chinese press than I did in the Houston press. Now, for those who don't know, the Offshore Technology Conference has been held since 1969. And it's a massive convening of engineers and experts to where they show off their and, and this is a little derogatory, I think it's true, the toys for the boys, the big, <laughs> fascinating drills and sensors and valves and just neat things that are involved in extracting energy resources from difficult situations deep beneath the sea floor. And this is in contrast to, say, Sarah Week, which is a little bit more about the policy experts and economists. Now, you can usually use the attendance at this event as a barometer of the city's health. For example, 2014 had the highest attendance ever of more than 100,000 people. On the flip side, during the 80s oil bust, they just canceled it. And they didn't disclose attendance numbers back in 2021. I don't think they wanted to show how few people showed up. Last year, 24,000 people, which is a little low, but also it's the age of Zoom and oil and gas investors want profit. So these conferences aren't as important as they used to be. But you really want to see this thing thrive because it means Houston is thriving. So there is one little tidbit in the press releases they put out that gave me hope. And it's that they're not just focusing on oil and gas anymore when it comes to offshore. There's renewables. For example, they handed out one of their technology awards to a design for a floating wind platform. So here's to hope that OTC in the future means oil and gas. It means offshore solar, offshore wind, hydrogen, everything that has to happen out there. I didn't even know what was going on this week. So you're mm -hmm. right. I Evan. didn't either. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. And it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Tens of thousands of people come here, many of them from overseas, because this is where you want to come if you're going to talk about drilling. And this is also the week where you buy $400 fajitas, right, Evan? Oh, God, you should be so lucky. I will say that uh, oil prices are plummeting this week, which uh, gives a little shiver down my spine. But also it just adds insult to injury that it's happening during OTC week. 
All right. My most overlooked story of the week, and this goes back to hiring people. United Airlines this week had their biggest job fair. They plan to recruit up to 3,000 new hires for Bush Intercontinental, and they are putting out a lofty goal with their new training center now open. They want to hire 50,000 new employees company-wide. So not only are they hiring here locally, but as a company, they're hiring more people. And the best part about all of this, they are hiring for tech jobs as well because they are making a huge commitment to tech within the airlines and the experience for passengers. So I just love that there's that many jobs being filled and so many applicants right now applying to not only get those tech jobs, but also flight attendant, crew jobs. I love that. I love this too, honey. I'm a United girl. I am mm-hmm. a United <laughs> club member. You understand me? I might go over there and see what's going on in their uh, social media department and go get me a little old job that way I can get some free flights. This is good. I like that. I hope you get it and then you can give me some United club passes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, we can go back and forth. We can uh, switch. I've already run out of mine for the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad to see hiring is happening. You know, I think that there's this concern that we're on the opening of an economic downturn. But as long as people have jobs, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And Rochelle, what was your moment of joy for the week? Y'all, if I have not made this clear, Cinco de Mayo is bigger than Christmas to me right after my birthday. So my moment of joy is knowing that Cinco de Mayo is here and I can go and eat and drink and scream real loud with a purpose, okay? Now, I'm going to do that every day, but it just makes it even better when I'm doing it with a mariachi band and I can say, you know, that brings me joy. And to see that the city of Houston has so many things to do today, because today is the day, and they are getting so creative with these drinks and these prices are El Cheapo. I'm happy. That's my moment of joy, baby. All right. There you go. Aunt Rochelle's going to be partying tonight. I love that. All day. Evan, what was your moment of joy? My moment of joy was seeing that we were razzed by The Onion. The Onion, the satirical newspaper and website, had an article titled, New Houston Law Requires 10 Parking Spaces for Each Parking Space. (laughs) And if Houston's known for anything, it's having a lot of parking. Now, I will point out that in reality, Houston has been going in the right direction when it comes to mandatory parking minimums. We've never had them in downtown. We expanded that lack of mandates into Midtown and Edo over the past few years. We also have transit-oriented developments and special parking districts that create plenty of flexibility. And I've just seen the Planning Commission grant some pretty good variances when developers say, we don't need this much parking. Please don't make us have it. That said, we have really strict parking minimums everywhere else that don't make any sense. And we should just get rid of them. I like that. There we go. Uh You know what? I always want more parking, though. I I never want to wait for parking. Yeah, there's no such thing as free parking. You're paying for it somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. All right. My moment of joy. Check this out. So the Gulfton super neighborhood, also known as Gulfton, was identified as a big heat mapping zone. It's a hot zone pretty much, right? And there's just so much asphalt there. There's not much tree coverage, but the Texas A&M Forest Service and the Nature Conservancy in Texas, they conducted an analysis and found that there's room for more than 500 trees in Gulfton. So now comes the part of 
can they get those trees planted and help with that heat zone and help cool down that neighborhood a little bit? So that's going to be interesting to see. I hope it gets done. Uh, there's no update on whether it's going to be locally funded. Where is this money going to come from? But I hope those 500 trees that they said that they can plant, I hope they do get planted and it also beautifies the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Gulfton is one of those neighborhoods where I think has so much potential. It is the densest neighborhood anywhere in Houston, but it's lacking for walkability, for transit, for parks. I really think if the city wants to improve the quality of life there, find a way to put in a destination park, a really mm -hmm. nice park that people can get to and put in those neighborhood trees too. They lower temperatures, they lower heat, they lower crime for some reason that I don't think we entirely understand, but planting trees lowers crime and it just makes it a nicer place to be. Yep. And the air is fresher too when mm -hmm. you have a good old big old tree, you know, to sit up under the shade. Yeah. That would be so nice. I like that. It was named one of the hottest neighborhoods in Houston. So, Yikes. you know, th this would be a good start to cool it down and hopefully good things follow. So we'll see what happens, but that was my moment of joy that at least they were identified uh, with areas to get those 500 trees in. I love that. Awesome stuff this week. Andrew Shell, Evan, thank you so much as always for joining us. That was a lot of fun and we'll talk to you down the line. See ya. See y'all, have a good Cinco de Mayo. That was Evan Mintz and Andrew Shell Dorsey. Want more CityCast Houston? Browse previous episodes right here in your podcast player feed. That's all for the week on CityCast Houston. Our lead producer is Dina Kespa. Our producer is Carleon Jones. And our newsletter editor is Brooke Lewis. And the host is me, Raheel Ramzanali. We also had help this week from technical director Noah Snyderman. Our music is by the band All The Komodos. We'll be back on Monday with a look at a new school that will help fill the shortage of mental health professionals in Houston. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. Evan, I think your wire is making that noise again. Oh, no. Just, yeah, it's fine. <laughs>